Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. Live from 1987, it's Good Morning PT. Now see, when you told me what was going on here, I thought you were making up for the fact that we weren't here yesterday, but something else is going on. Maybe I am in some weird way, but I missed the post. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, were you trying? I was trying to guide you there. (laughs) I'm off. We weren't here yesterday, guys. But, but you came in today and you had two songs. I thought that meant that yesterday and today. Turns out, for the first time on a Friday or any day, it's a twofer. Well, I had a medley going on. <laughs> like a fight in your head? I had a fight in my head. I would sing the chorus of this song and then merge, oddly, into a Bette Midler song <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, not even the same tone. <laughs> no one's going to mistake this song for that song. This this line right here. Human kindness is <laughs> And I think it's going to rain today. I'm a glass case of emotion right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm calling a, an audible here. Let's go back to the other one. <laughs> hey, yeah. Let's go back to the Club Beth. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, of Whitney Houston songs, this is one of my favorite ones. Mine too. And I, I guess maybe I am just so emotional today, baby, because as you can see, I went from this to it's going to Why did you not play It's today. So Emotional or whatever <laughs> by Whitney Houston? <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> it didn't get to the riff yet. Wait, hang on. Hang on, Jim. Here it goes. Oh, thank God you switched goes. to this song. I guess I completely forgot the first 90 seconds how that song went. <laughs> well, I we just know this part. We can always go back to this. It's <laughs> Which Friday do you want to live in, Beth? Exactly. It is raining outside, and we're so emotional, baby. <laughs> what? So what was the day off song, then? Because that would oh. make it three songs, right? You, oh, you don't know? No, that? I do know. Oh. Uh, yesterday was Taylor Swift's Labyrinth. Have y'all heard the song? Have y'all heard Labyrinth? I just like how you say Labyrinth. Labyrinth. I sound like I had <laughs> it's a little Labyrinth. 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 Taylor Swift's Labyrinth. This one. Falling in love. I thought the plane was yes. That was Again, it. I'm going back to Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying. Why would you play so emotional, though, if you're going to play She's giving us all these downer options, and I, I like this one. I li- I, this is where I want to live on a Friday. Yeah, it's great. Right we here. get options now. We get to pick which song. <laughs> We're not just stuck with whatever you bring us. It's like those old jukeboxes where you could press, like, A, 1, or B, 7. I'm going back to 1. Hey, we have lots to talk about today. A huge day of Panthers news. Jim Zoki, WBT Sports Director. We'll get more into this coming up at uh, at 20 after. But Dave Canales. And the first thing I think of is Bill Belichick still on the board. 
Especially after the Atlanta hiring, because he had two interviews with the Falcons. And, and they didn't hire him. They did not hire him, and they're down to just two teams looking for coaches. And we've talked about Ben Johnson from the Lions. Still on the board. Like, well, I think Ben Johnson will get one of those two, is what I was going to say. So I, it's interesting in a cycle where he's considered the greatest coach in NFL history based on all those championships. Isn't even going to get hired out of seven, eight openings in this league. That is weird. Mike Vrabel, still on the board. Still on the board. Oh, the Harbaugh. Harbaugh got hired. He did yeah. get hired by the by Chargers. The Ra- oh, the Ra- Chargers? Chargers? I thought it was the Raiders. No, it's Chargers. one of the Durs. 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 So what's left is Seattle and Washington. And the talk is, we'll see, but Ben Johnson to Washington. Seattle only leaves Seattle in play, which you know Dan Quinn is a candidate there, former coach out there as a defensive coordinator. Um, but that might be a Mike, Mike Vrabel's also interviewing there, but it doesn't look like that. And Pete Carroll was another big name, but I don't think Pete Carroll's going to end up in Seattle since they just fired him. So it's probably unlikely they would hire him since they fired right. him. I would don't that, think that'd be an interesting story. That'd though, be it? such a good story. Hey, uh, we thought about it. Yeah, you're back. We interviewed Bill Belichick, and Pete, we like you better. <laughs> yeah, after Bill left, we're like going, hey, Pete wasn't so bad. Well, so obviously Dave Canales may end up being a great choice, and, and coming up we'll talk about uh, why they made this decision, and, and when you talk about Bryce Young's development, it does make sense, but I guess what I'm getting at is uh, you would thought you would have thought that the reason that the Panthers wouldn't hire Belichick, they wouldn't hire uh, Vrabel and, and some of the other names here would be because they were off the board, and they're not off the board. The Panthers yeah. decided to go with someone else not named one of those big names. So uh, again... You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. A year from now, maybe it may make all the sense in the world. But it is on paper interesting. I think you know the, the bigger thing with Belichick, as far as you know, we talk about you know the broad strokes of like his championships and Brady and all that stuff. Is that you know when you hire a Belichick or even a Harbaugh, they're they're going to take over. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have their hands in personnel. They're going to be a big personality. The culture of your organization changes, and I don't feel like this ownership wants that. I think they want the collaborative approach of. Uh, keeping Dan Morgan, you know, Dan's in his first time being a true general manager as opposed to an assistant GM or director player personnel. So I think they wanted to match something that fit the model of what they're doing with kind of this young and rising tandem of him and Canales, which has a history together in Seattle with those two guys. So I at least like the fact that they hired a GM first, had him as part of the process of the interviews, hired a coach that has a connection with him, that has a connection to what Bryce Young's development is all about. Because the thing about Belichick is he's defensive-minded, too. Uh, you yeah. know what, and the offense has not been good since Brady left, and the record actually hasn't been good since Brady left in New England. So I think a lot of that magic wore off when when he and you know Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator in the past. There, not recently. Uh, like, what would that look like to develop a young quarterback with somebody like Belichick? So I don't think that was a good fit here. So we'll get more into this when we come back and also hear what some of the national voices are saying yesterday about this hire of uh, like Dave Canales. Get used to it because that is the guy who's got the keys are to the franchise. Are you going with Canoli as your name for him? Or yeah, gonna... Dave Canoli and Dan Morgan. They're buds. They're bro-hugging it out. They're going to like love on the offense. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> so emotional. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what it made me think of? And y'all are going to really laugh at this. There's a uh, song called Nothing in the musical, A Chorus Line, and the um, the main character who sings it, and she sings her name in it over and over again, is Morales. <laughs> so I think we should just sing the song Nothing about Dave Corrales. Dave? Canales. Canales. She was questioning the Dave part. Dave? It's the one part she got right. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Bo Beth, Jim, Bernie, Friday, January 26th. And the Carolina Panthers have a new head coach. He'll be introduced soon, Dave Canales, former now offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Bucks, and 
Before we get uh, you know deeper into uh, Zoki's take on this, I want to give you a flavor of what the national talking heads were saying yesterday as this news was breaking. News of the day from the Carolina Panthers. They're hiring former Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their new head coach. His first head coaching job was in Tampa for one year, previously a decade as an assistant with Seattle. It's a great move for both parties. Either Canales fixes Bryce Young and he's a coaching legend everywhere, or he gets bought out by David Tepper, which is North Carolina's biggest industry at this point. You got jokes Uh, too, okay. Last year, (laughs) Baker Mayfield was the best reclamation project in football. Next year, Bryce Young really has the opportunity to do that. Canales, deep thinker, just like Dan Morgan they're saying. And I understand that Canales and Bryce Young's success will alter how all the conversations go about the Carolina Panthers, but for those of us who have to talk about or get to talk about the NFL every single day, the Tepper relationship with everybody yeah. is number one. Just that, the guy throwing ice on people, mm-hmm. the guy calling Monday meetings, the guy firing six soccer coaches, six football coaches in like three years, that's the combo. You're, you're thinking about him like that, and let's not lose sight of the fact that he's one of the single richest men in the entire universe. Oh, like. Okay, he's had unbelievable success, and it hasn't found its way to him in football just yet. Uh, and we'll see if it does, but the guy has had truly the Midas touch on everything so far up until this. Canales was in Seattle with Geno Smith. Yeah. Helped kind of yes. his resurgence. Geno got paid. Canales goes to Tampa, works with Baker Mayfield. Baker has the best season of his career. So he's rehabbed two quarterbacks. Now he gets to quote unquote fix. Bryce Young in Carolina. Bryce Young coming off the horrendous season. So they're also paying for coaches still, or they've had to write big checks. So Canales is on the low end of the pay scale for a coach. So it's an offensive coach to save Bryce Young on the low end of the scale in a weaker division where you're not lining up against legendary coaches every day. Yeah, this is probably a team you've got to watch this offseason to make some moves. They got money. Move at receiver and Canales. He was pretty damn good this year with Tampa Bay. This year does not matter. This year is only about re- re- like resetting the foundation for his career. 2025 is the year that they can start to build around him. And then the second thing, if I were Dave Canales, I would push hard to try to keep that defensive staff. That defensive yeah. staff with Ajiro Evero is still a very good group. I would want to keep those, those defensive coordinator and defensive staff intact. Dan Orlovsky right there. You also heard the Around the Horn crew on ESPN. Pat McAfee uh, and, of course, uh, Adam Schefter, their insider, and uh, Colin Cowherd among the guys talking nationally as this was breaking yesterday. We heard last segment uh, Zoki's sort of initial thoughts, and now you know, let's dig deep on this, because this is a big deal. I mean, I, I, I want to hear what you have to say. I have one one thing that sticks out with me that I'm curious if uh, how you feel about, but just when you when you got this news yesterday, what, what was your first thought? I mean, it wasn't surprising. I've had, you know, uh, we do a lot of these you know call-ins on other stations and so forth, and it seems like they were going to grab one of these younger, rising offensive coordinator type head coaches, because they weren't even interviewing Belichick or Harbaugh. Uh, Vrabel was scheduled yesterday. I don't, I'm assuming that even happened. Um, so it felt like something like a Ben Johnson kind of hiring would have happened there. Um, I think you know, over the last day or two, it's looking more like Ben Johnson to Washington. So when I Canales' name had come up, and obviously his history is kind of a quarterback whisperer over recent years was Russell Wilson and Geno Smith and now Baker Mayfield. That kind of felt like after they made the Dan Morgan hiring, the kind of direction they were going to go. Because Dan being a first-year head GM as opposed to assistant GM, uh, I, I felt like they were going to go kind of a younger like NFL experienced coordinator, not a college coach or anything like that. And so 
I, honestly, if you had asked me after the Dan Morgan hire, I probably, once getting the Ben Johnson feel that he wasn't going to come here, probably would have thought that's exactly the way they were going to go. Well, when I look at this, um, I think to myself, okay, last year, you know, you bring in Frank Reich and you basically turn everything upside down except for Scott Fitterer. But we kept saying everything on paper makes sense. I think I had several times said I think the Panthers won won the off season if that's even you know before, nothing on the field yet but uh, what everything they're saying makes sense everything they're saying here makes sense yeah that's what but, I'm worried but about. we've been down this road before so I think there are probably some Panther fans that are skeptical like yeah. hopefully this works out but we've been in the boat before where it's been like okay A plus B plus C this all adds up but you also have to take the how does it all gel together on the field. I, you know, the idea that the guy worked with Dan Morgan and that uh, he's turned around Baker Mayfield and he's turned around Geno Smith, that all makes sense. I just hope um, I hope it, it happens when you actually uh, roll the dice on the field. Because remember how optimistic I was last year when they hired Frank Reich and we got Bryce Young and I was like, this is our year, guys. I was mm-hmm. really wrong. So I'm I'm nervous. So, well, so were they. More importantly, <laughs> so were they. <laughs> but we we all were enthusiastic like well, that. Yes. But, we have been every time. I think when Matt Rule came in, like this hotshot college coach. Heck, George Seifert won five championships in San Francisco, and that was the worst coaching season we had. Was his last year here. Um, so again, there's no guarantees of success. It is absolutely a complete unknown. There's 32 teams all fighting for the same thing, trying to get to the same spot, um, and there's different ways of attacking it here. And um, I think uh, part of the Dan Orlovsky thing there is very important. This is not going to happen next year. I mean, you have a first-year GM, a first-year head coach, and kind of a reset on a second-year quarterback uh, with a new coaching system here. Next year is about laying a foundation, and hopefully you win a, a decent number of games. Uh, but it really is going to be – it's got to be a two-year plan at least. Yeah, see, this the, is like – This is not going to be fixed. Cause, and, and a lot of that's the surrounding personnel yeah. around voice saying That can't all be fixed in one-off season. Doesn't that make you just like ah boogers? Because we felt like this was the this was the. <laughs> Can you insert that? And like play that again later with like uh, Colin Coward and Orlovsky and ah, just about ah boogers. boogers. <laughs> <laughs> because we we started saying, well, this is the this is the foundation year. Like that became the the rally cry of this past year. We're gonna be tired of the foundation. I mean, come on, at some point, you gotta lay some it, bricks. And it's build like that a house. house. It's like that house hunter show, like where they they buy the house and they're like. Hey, by the way, we found uh, mold and wood rot in the in the floorboards there. We got to dig even deeper and take the joist out. Like, dang it, there goes ten thousand dollars. But you hit on it, <laughs> patience, patience. And we talked about this idea of if you're going to bring in somebody who is not afraid to tell David Tepper no. I didn't think Bill Belichick was going to be the guy that got hired here, but Bill Belichick is in the category. I would think Mike Vrabel is, too, of people that would not be afraid to tell David Tepper no and basically say, this is what has to happen. Have patience. Um, and the, those two guys are still out there. That's, and I understand that Vrabel uh, may go somewhere before it's over. Belichick is kind of a head-scratcher uh, as to where he would go this season. Maybe he'll sit a season out. I don't know. But this idea of, of being able to say, hey, everybody, don't overreact, stay the course, and, and including the owner. I just wonder how that dynamic is going to go with a first-year coach who's brand new. Well, isn't it crazy that one of the things that we kept saying about one of the positives about Tepper is that he can write a blank check. He's going to pay somebody to come here. And in that analysis from the national talking heads, they were saying that this is one of the lowball deals. Well, he's paying, <laughs> I, well, he he is paying three coaches now That's at this true. point. But he, uh, he got a six-year contract, which is length. I was surprised by that. Yeah. That's what Matt Rule got when he came here. So I thought... 
that was interesting. So maybe I don't know the numbers as far as the I don't think anyone does the, the per year. But if the per year is not as much, maybe that's how they did it was that they made it a longer contract for less. But again, these contracts can always be bought out. So whatever you hear, if it turns out to be six with a dollar amount attached to it, doesn't necessarily mean anyone will ever see that. Hopefully he does. And maybe gets a pay raise because he does so well, but we'll see. I would like to be a fired Panthers coach. I'm just going <laughs> to put it out there. I mean, we'll, we'll say that about Frank Reich. I mean, yeah, really. I, it's not the way he wanted to go out, right, Mark? But the guy coached 11 games and got paid for four years. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's, that's a, not like the worst so, way to go out. The moral, to the, story, the right. moral to the story is, Beth, maybe you just wait long enough and have patience. You will be. I might be the coach. <laughs> hey, David Tepper, are you listening to my hot sports takes? I'd be a great <laughs> offensive line coach. <laughs> 6.38 on WBT, Bo and Beth here in the Tyboid studio on a busy Friday morning talking to the Zoke about the new Panthers head coach Dave Canales and we'll talk to uh, Charlotte Observer senior columnist Scott Fowler at 8.05. Hancock will be in here later today too and uh, perhaps we'll hear from you, 704-570-1110, about the next, the next new coach. I've been saying it a lot in recent years. Yeah, I feel like a, it feels like deja vu. And uh, you just heard uh, the Mr. Voice guy talking about what is now less than a week away. It's uh, actually Wednesday night. Uh, Wingate University, our big uh, District 8 debate for U.S. Congress. Looking forward to that. We talked to a lot of um, you know participants in that a week ago today, actually, when we were in Union County. So. I know. Time is flying. I can't believe the debate is already here. Um, and we can't wait to broadcast that for all of you so that you can make an informed decision when it's primary day. And by the way, Beth and I will be on with, us with a special uh, preview show right before the debate from the the bat center there at uh, wingate university so we'll uh we'll be talking about it and then we'll be actually doing it yeah well and it, that whole day is it's basically it's we're, we're on the radio a lot that day wbt stands for like whoa beth and <laughs> bts <laughs> whoa bts <laughs> there we go that fits uh so uh, a few days removed from the new hampshire primary uh, we talked to the governor on Wednesday and uh, the fallout about Nikki Haley. You know, Scott Hamilton uh, went down to the Nikki Haley rally night before last. And so Nikki Haley is absolutely sticking in for at least uh, the, the foreseeable future uh, as in the next few weeks. But the fallout continues. Questions continue about what Trump will do versus what Haley will do. Fox's Mike Emanuel on the campaign trail. She didn't win. She lost. And you know, Former President Trump is now threatening rival Nikki Haley's donors, warning on his true social they, quote, will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. Haley fired back on X. Well, in that case, donate here. Let's go. Trump's attacks also getting very personal. One of the biggest donors to Nikki Haley's campaign is this slob known as Reid Hoffman. The big slob. LinkedIn co-founder Reed Hoffman, a traditional Democratic donor, reportedly won't give more to Haley unless she can demonstrate a path to victory. Another big Haley donor is publicly saying it is over for her this cycle, arguing New Hampshire was a must win. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. It's time for her to fold them. She has absolutely no chance. Haley insists grassroots fundraising is still working, telling supporters she's raised more than $2 million since New Hampshire. We have had 200,000 donors from all 50 states. 95% of those donations are $200 or less. The main super PAC backing Haley says it raised $50.1 million in the second half of 20. 23. A super PAC supporting Trump brought in more than $46 million during the same time period. 
Officials with MAGA Inc. also confirmed to Fox News they began 2024 with more than $23 million on hand. Haley's campaign should have a better sense of its fundraising options going forward with three big GOP conferences in the next week or so and whether more pressure from Trump could give donors cold feet. And have you heard about this, Beth Troutman? There's a draft resolution uh, that is being considered by the Republican National Committee uh, that if it's approved, it would label former President Trump as the party's presumptive nominee. Uh, And so uh, it would essentially uh, move the RNC into what they call full general election mode and uh, welcoming supporters of all candidates as valued members of the Trump team. What's interesting is Trump has come out and said he doesn't want this. Well, yeah, he actually posted on Truth Social yesterday, and here is part of his post. While I greatly appreciate the Republican National Committee wanting to make me their presumptive nominee, and while they have far more votes than necessary to do it, I feel for the sake of party unity that they should not go forward with this plan, but that I should do it the, quote, old-fashioned way and finish the process off at the ballot box. Thank you to the RNC for the respect and the devotion that you have shown me, Trump 2024. Um, I'm glad that he's trusting the ballot box. That's a that's a, a, a positive thing coming from uh, from the president and encouraging his voters to trust the ballot box. The 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 other funny thing that happened regarding him saying that he was going to permanently bar people from the MAGA camp if they continue to 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 contribute to Nikki Haley is Nikki Haley went to X yesterday and her team and they've created a t-shirt mm-hmm. that says permanently barred you know that you can wear if you are a supporter the the great thing that she's able to say now and that she did say in her her campaign speech is that the money that she's getting now is from grassroots campaigning. And that goes against the the argument that people have made against her, that her opponents have made against her, that she's somehow bought and sold by big money and big corporations. And certainly she got a lot of support from the Wall Street types and, uh, you know, from the, the, the guy who uh, created LinkedIn. But now a lot of that support has shifted to those people. And we talked about this with Governor Pat McCrory, the other 50 percent of the Republican Party who's still unsure that Trump is the person that they want representing their party because you've got him at 50 percent in these primaries, but a little over 50 percent. But that still leaves a huge portion of the Republican Party that's still undecided. And I think those are the grassroots people that are now sending her those donations that are under two hundred dollars. And Governor McCrory was on Fox and Friends yesterday uh, talking about the no labels platform. So uh, we'll see where all this goes. Continue to follow it as always. All right, programming note. I want to put this on your immediate radar because coming up just past the top of the hour, it's returning. The contest that's sweeping the nation, name that Bob or Dylan for Bob Dylan tickets. Yes, and we are so excited. We are giving away two, two sets of two pairs. Two, two pairs. pairs yeah. Two sets of tickets. <laughs> two sets of two. Four in total. A, four tickets in total to one lucky winner. Now, we're short-staffed a little bit today, so we need to load the phones before the contest actually starts. That's the big deal. 704-570-1110. You might have to hold for a couple of minutes, but this is just because we're short-staffed. Bernie's running the board, so he's not screening our calls today. This is a big deal. 
It's a big deal. So uh, so don't call now. I'm telling you when to call. We're going we're gonna to crank this up uh, just past the top of the hour. So if you want to get in line, you can get in line now, but it's not going to happen for another uh, 15 minutes or so. But uh, Bob Dylan tickets. Bob Dylan is coming to the Belk Theater in March. So these are coming up. These are hot items. Uh, we only got three. We got six total, so we only got three pairs. So we'll give uh, two more pairs away today. That is coming up here on WBT. Okay, so... The concept of what we're going to talk about here, I really, really like. I say that as a guy who was not known. I mean, I've only been to a club, a nightclub, maybe three or four times in my life. What? I like just, ever? Yeah. I just. I mean, it doesn't mean I have anything against them. That's just not what my crew did back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I've never been like a club or kind of person, but right. I've, I've definitely been more than that. I mean, like, I think we went to the pterodactyl once. Wasn't that like the, the 18 and under club where like little little whippersnappers went? Didn't we? Was that? a? Or, or, See, I never went in the pterodactyl. I just had friends that like to go to the pterodactyl. And then in my 20s, when I first met Craig, he had a big group of friends and we would go to Dixie's in Uptown yeah. and... Um, uh, what, what's the, it was the what was the saloon called that was like right across from right across from the Spectrum Center? Not oh, Whiskey River. Oh, Whiskey River. Whiskey yeah, River. Yeah, I've been to Whiskey River. That's kind of a club, I'm thinking isn't of, it? Yeah. Well, I'm thinking like back in the day there was a Club 2000. Oh, and the, Crush. Uh, PB Scotts, which is way back in the day over there off South Boulevard. I, I've been. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, there was the one that was right on Seventh Street too. That was hugely popular in the early 2000s, and I can't even remember the name of it. Well, the reason we're saying this is because there's a trend going on in Charlotte, uh, and if you ever went to the club Mythos. Anybody go to Mythos? Did you ever go to Mythos? I have been to Mythos. I did not go to club there to hang out, but way back... So this club didn't open until 1993. Um, a guy named Andy Castanis uh, helped open that club in 1993 and also served as the DJ. And he, they had this huge fashion show one night with uh, a Charlotte clothing designer. And I was one of the models in the fashion show. I was like 15. <laughs> If it was ninety three, I, I was I was ab- I was actually absolutely fifteen. So I was fifteen or sixteen. I was somewhere in that when it first opened area. They set up a big stage, and I I remember being asked to do it. And I am not by any stretch of the imagination a model. I mean, you guys have watched me try to open the door to the studio, and I miss the handle and fall over. You know, like that's I'm not graceful, is what I should say. But they put me. He kind of like sewed me up into a patent leather bodysuit that had fingers and everything in it. <laughs> it was, I looked like a space cadet. All my friends came to to watch the show. Uh, so yes, I've been to Mythos. That was a very long story to tell you. I have been inside of Mythos, or I was inside of Mythos. So for one night only, they're bringing back Mythos. And this was a club that uh, was in uh, you know Charlotte's Uptown. Uh, it was at 6th and College uh, back in the day. Uh, they started it in 1993. But now uh, they're bringing it back for one night only. On what, February 16th, I believe it is, three weeks from tonight, not at the place where it was. They're bringing it back in a a different location, but they're trying to kind of recreate what Mythos was. Well, and this is a really cool thing that they're doing. Andy K Productions, which is owned by uh, Charlotte DJ and restaurateur Andy Castanas, who was the guy who originally opened Mythos, he's doing a series of throwback parties here in Charlotte that are bringing back the nostalgia of the 90s and what Uptown 
Charlotte was when it started growing. Because if you remember, Uptown Charlotte was downtown Charlotte mm-hmm. then, and it was a ghost town after 5 p.m. And it was because of people like Andy who brought a different kind of nightlife to the Uptown area that led to places like the Epicenter opening. And for, to, I mean, in the Charlotte nightlife in the late, like the early the early aughts of the, yeah. of the of the 2000s and the, the 1900s <laughs> and the late 1900s was started booming it really started booming and so he's trying to throw back and bring that energy back to uptown charlotte because we're experiencing since covid another I, the nightlife in uptown charlotte is not booming and he's trying i think to bring back the nostalgia of what it was to grow that area so uh his group castanis uh you know park elevator cosmos soul gastro lounge and uh they've already done what one what they called a reunion for the park elevator yeah and now the next one is mythos and it's going to be at the black box theater uh that's on uh, sugar creek road this is going to be on february 16th nine o'clock and so you're basically going to walk in and it's going to feel at least they're going to try to make it feel like it felt back in the day when you might have gone to mythos and look i i started this by saying uh, surprise surprise i was not a big clubber when i was younger but the idea period yeah i knew mark would start laughing but but mark was a clubber so i i talked to him about what it must have been like um <laughs> you know the, what we should do we should go to this and you could be a clubber and we can sew me up into a patent leather outfit with gloves i'm not Uh-oh, going unless where are we going with this <laughs> no, that's the only time i was ever at mythos i was in a fashion show i'm not going unless oh. garrison comes too i want garrison to experience <laughs> we're gonna this. sew him up in a patent leather outfit with gloves but the idea of <laughs> recre- look like a balloon about to explode <laughs> <laughs> but the idea i mean not just clubs i love the idea of of recreating some of these old spots yes you know it's one thing to have a reunion yeah. but it's another thing to actually go the step further and try to one night only create the the feel of it and to feel because when you go in and you see it and experience it in the way that it was in the 90s you suddenly feel like you're a teenager again you have that feeling even though you look in the mirror and you got you know feet print on your face but (laughs) it feels the same so mythos is coming back and like i said the park elevator already already did this and i don't know what else is coming but uh, if this is successful three weeks from tonight then uh, maybe we'll see a lot more of this i I hope so kind of a cool concept almost seven o'clock from News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. 1110 WBT, Bo and Beth here. Time to play the contest that's sweeping the nation. You know what it is. What's your name, dude? Hi, my name is... Why? What's your name? What kind of stupid name is that? That's a name I've not heard in a long time. Now tell them your name. Seven oh four five seven zero eleven ten. We're talking about the Bob Dylan concert that is coming to the Belk Theater, the Rough and Rowdy Ways Tour, March seventeenth, eight o'clock, and we have four tickets, so two pairs. Between now and 10 a.m. to give away, if you'd like to go see Bob Dylan, this, this kind of opportunity doesn't come along every day. At all. This is exciting. I was really surprised when they told me we had Bob Dylan tickets. I was, too. Because next week, next week we've got uh, Doobie Brothers tickets. But uh, here's how it works. 704-570-1110. All you got to do is name that Bob or Dylan. 
Now, I'll be the first to tell you, I have less than a handful of Dylans. There are very few famous Dylans for some reason. <laughs> I have three Dylans today, but we didn't we didn't get to them. You yesterday. can't use Bob Dylan because that's the that's right because right. that's the guy. But I have three. I have three. Uh, I think there are a couple of. I, I, I dug pretty deep on the third one, but you call the shots because you may not even want a Dylan. I've got tons of bobs, as you might expect. So when you call in, 704-570-1110, uh, I'm going to give you bob number one. If you name that bob correctly, then you move on to bob or Dylan number two. And then if you get two correct, then you win the tickets. Yes. It's and that wh- simple. And it could be variations on the uh, name bob. We can have some Roberts. Yeah, we got very Some creative. Bobby's. What's your name, dude? My name is Bo. Her name is Beth. And now we're going to uh, launch into this because we have uh, some people that are uh, online ready to go at 704-570-1110. Let's bring Marty into the mix here. Hi, Marty. Good morning. How hey. are you? Do you? Oh, not too bad. How are you? Good. Hopefully you're going to be really good here in a minute. Uh, would you like a Bob? Would you like a Bob or a Dylan? Uh, let's go for a Dylan. Oh, oh you're brave, Marty. Okay. Uh, Bernie, let me have... Uh, you only had three, so it's easy. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out. Uh, let's get number one. Now, this is the character of a Dylan, okay? Dylan number one, Bernie. Here we go. Yeah, well, I just don't believe in winning through intimidation. Unless, of course, I'm doing the intimidating. Are you hungry? I get next period off, we go grab a bite. Yeah. Let's do lunch. Don't see much water in Minnesota. My sympathies. Come on. No Where are we going? All right, Marty. Field trip. Which Dylan is that? Is that Dylan from 90210? Yes, it is. That is Dylan McKay. <laughs> well done. Oh, Marty, I'm so impressed. Did you watch that show, Marty? And this is not. Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I watched it all the time. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it at all. That's the late Luke Perry. I uh, love Marty so much for saying that. All right, Marty, you are halfway to Bob Dylan tickets. Do you want a Bob or a Dylan? Uh, let's go with a Bob. All right, let's go with Bob number one, Bernie. It's Bob number one for Marty for all, the, or at least two of the tickets. My life is proof that America is a land without <laughs> limits. With my feet on the ground and my heart filled with hope, I put my faith in you and in the God who loves us all. For I am convinced that America's best days are yet to come. May God bless you and may God bless America. Thank you very much. All right, Marty, for the tickets. Which Bob is that? I'm going to get Bob Dole. That is correct, and you, right out of the gate. See, we we had this happen the other day. I mean, these things go fast. Yes, so you have to get on the line if you want to win these tickets, because now one pair is already gone. We only have one pair left. Marty, I am so excited for you, because not only are you funny, but now you're going to, I was about to say, going to see Marty Lewis. I have no idea who Marty Lewis is. We're going to... We do not. We do. We are out of tickets for Marty Lewis. <laughs> Go see Bob. Uh, next time. All right, Marty. Uh, thanks for playing our game. Uh, we'll put you on hold. Bernie will get your information momentarily. You are going to see Bob Dylan March seventeenth at the Belk Theater. It is the Rough and Rowdy tour, and we have one final pair of tickets.
to give away coming up. And our name that Bob or Dylan for Bob Dylan. And l- let me tell you, call now and get on this line. 704-570-1110. We're short-staffed today, so we're getting people on the line in the commercial break. So if you want to actually get through, you need to call now. 704-570-1110. And when we come back also, we've got Doobie Brothers tickets to give away all next week. And we know how we're going to do it. And it's a different contest, but it's another one of our famous contests, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about. Not everybody in the room knows this, but Beth does. So uh, the rest of you and the room will find out momentarily. And 704-570-1110, name that Bob or Dylan. He's coming to the Belk Theater in a couple of months. We continue. Name that Bob Dylan or Bob or Dylan. For Bob Dylan tickets. Coming to Charlotte. Once upon a time, you dressed so fine. Through the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming to the Belk Theater on March 17th. Bob Dylan. So all I got to do is 704-570-1110. Name that Bob or Dylan. So let's go to, let's go to Larry on line two. Larry. Hey, how are you doing this morning? We're hey, good. Hey, Larry. You want a Bob or a Dylan? Hanging out. Uh, let's go Bob. All right, Bernie, let's go with Bob 3, okay? All right, Bob. I mean, all right, Bob. All right, Larry, name this Bob. What's the problem? There's a problem. He's an animal. Well, get used to it. He's your roommate. Roommate. Says reformed. It's on our side now. Yeah, I used to be a real jerk, but now I'm a people guy. <laughs> Larry, do you know who that Bob is? Uh, <laughs> I remember. Oh, I don't know who that Bob is. Should I give him a hint? I remember. I can see his face, but I can't remember. Yes. There was a remake of the movie Mr. Ed. Okay, well, I didn't, and he was in I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, here's an obscure that, fact. That to, here's an obscure fact to take you off the trail of knowing what it is. Hey, here's the hint I would I would give you. Uh, the Bob doesn't necessarily have to come first in the name. Well, this one does. <laughs> I said didn't necessarily. Oh, are we trying to help him or not? The, the third the third hint would be police academy. Okay, there you go. You say you never come. Yeah, I, I can see the guy's face. I, I don't know his name. All right, it's Bob something. Hey, that's right. That's right. It is, is 100%, 100% correct. It's, it's Bob somebody. It's the something. Y'all didn't see the Mr. Ed remake? No. I did not, no. no. <laughs> I had no idea he was in it. We should do that. Just give obscure facts that lead people away from the answer. Too. I actually don't even know if I've seen anything but Police Academy 2 and 3 that he was in. All right, let's go to Carrie on line 3. Carrie, hi, you're on WBT. Hi. All right, Carrie, this is the Bob... This is the Bob that is on the board right now. Oh, hi. What's the problem? There's a problem. He's an animal. Well, get used to it. He's your roommate. <laughs> Says reformed. It's on our side now. Yeah, I used to be a real jerk. I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> she doesn't know. I'm sorry, Carrie. And and, and I got to I got to be honest. I get when I gave the wrong hint. What I meant to say is. Bob is not necessarily all of the name. Right, 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 right. That's what was in my head. What I said wasn't exactly that. So Bob is, well, in this case, you know, it's not just Bob. It's Bob, as she said, something, and a last name. And a last name. It's, um, 
and it's 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 kind of like a nickname. Let's go to Chris. Chris is on line one. Hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? Good, good. All right, this is the Bob that's on the board right now. Oh, hi. What's the problem? There's a problem. He's an animal. Well, get used to it. He's your roommate. <laughs> Says reformed. He's on our side now. Yeah, I used to be a real jerk. But now I'm a people guy. All right, Chris, do you know who that is? Bobcat Ghostway? Yes! 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 Well done! One down! That's right. Well, he's a, I like this. Well, he knows the rules. Um, Guys, it wasn't a Mr. Ed re- <laughs> So we gave two wrong it hits. It was hot to trot. It was I'm called so hot to trot. Yeah, Larry, Larry had zero chance at winning the prize. <laughs> we, we gave him two wrong hits. <laughs> call, let's call Larry, give him Marty Lewis tickets while we still have some. It was called hot to trot, but or, it was a talking horse. Or at least like Larry Buckhorn tickets. <laughs> a talking horse. All right. Well, Chris, uh, Chris is listening to all this. And Chris is halfway there. So congratulations. It is Bobcat Goldthwait. Now, Chris, do you want a Bob or a Dylan? It's going to be a Bob. All right. Uh, let's see here. Bernie, let's go with Bob number 10. Who is this Bob Chris? Chris, who's singing that song? Well, it's my prerogative to go with Bobby Brown. That's right. Congratulations. There you go, Chris. That's Bobcat Goldthwait and Bobby Brown. I love you, Chris, and I know that our I know that my hint and Bo's hint help you get Bobcat. They were great. All right, Mr. Ed. Yeah. Someday they'll make a movie with Bobcat Goldthwait and Mr. Ed, and then, then we'll be right. All right. So It'll be hot to trot, too. Let's put uh, Chris on hold there. I will put Chris on hold. And uh, he'll talk to Bernie in a moment. And we have our winners. Oh, my gosh. That was so quick today. These mm. people who call in, you guys, I feel like people are studying or something in, the, in, the, in their downtime because they know that the contest is happening. Do we want a few of these here? I want to see if you might have gotten these. Okay, let's right. let's uh, play some more Bobs. Um, let's see, Bernie. Let me have. Well, let's go with Bob number six. I really wanted to use Bob number six, just because I love this movie and I I need to go watch it after the show today. Born into the windup in his first offering. <laughs> oh, I know this one. Too easy. <laughs> just a bit outside. They love him in Cleveland. All four. All eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. No. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? Um, you know, what about the Dillons? Like, I don't know that... Well, that one was Bob Euchre. We oh, have no, to no. tell... Yeah, oh. that was Bob Euchre. I thought that was, like, understood. Oh, well, I didn't know. Like, for the people who didn't know, but I was so shocked because Mr. Belvedere is... I think your favorite TV show of all time. Mine? Yeah. It's one of them. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. And Bob Euchre was the dad on Mr. Belvedere. So I was surprised that you didn't use a Mr. Belvedere uh, quote. Because I know that sometimes, you know, I wake up with a different song every day in my head. Bo often wakes up with the Mr. Belvedere theme in his head. (laughs) You weren't saying that. Every day. You weren't supposed to say that on the air. Every day he wakes up with it. Oh, I didn't say that, guys. No one knows that. (laughs) Diddly-doo. (laughs) Diddly-doo. Now we have to do it. I do. Every once in a while. I'll just kind of be sitting there and, you know, then I'll kind of Streaks on the China. Here we go. Streaks on the China. <laughs> Never mattered before. Right here. Who cares? <laughs> 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 As 
as you can. Uh, okay, Dylan's. Let me have Dylan number two there, Bernie. See if anybody in the room would have known this Dylan. Did you take this case because your client feared being tracked down? I beg your pardon? Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? Who better than the girl's lawyer could guarantee that this man doesn't get found out? That's not what happened. And I'll assume you're asking what you think could be a juror's question, because I know you know that didn't happen. I do know. Because I also have the benefit of knowing you personally. If there's a more honorable lawyer, I haven't met him. All right, what Dylan is that? That, I loved that show, guys, The Practice. Um, Dylan McDermott. Also, also, for all the ladies out there, Julia Roberts' husband in Steel Magnolias. And she dated him briefly after that film. And in Mr. Ed. (laughs) <laughs> Here's right. the star of Mr. Ed He was Mr. Ed right. Wilmer <laughs> I had one more Dylan, it was Dylan Dreyer Yeah, I don't know if anybody would have gotten that one But maybe, if, if you're a big Today Show person yeah. Is well, she on the Today Show or Good Morning America? Um, I don't know, because I'm doing this show <laughs> <laughs> Alright, back to the News Center Congratulations to all our Bob Dylan tickets He's coming uh, in March to the Belk Theater So you got them all given away? We do Cool What's your name, dude? My name is What's your name? What kind of stupid name is that? Why don't you ever call me by my name? Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Now tell them your name. Y'all think I hit the wrong button. Y'all, y'all think the contest, it is over. But I did play that on purpose because, and um, I've had this in my back pocket for about a week because Beth sent this to me, and I and, and there's one particular part of this you'll understand why I'm coming back around to it. But you know, uh, we hear this every year. What are the top baby names of each year? We usually get this in uh, the later part of the year where mm-hmm. they do the the backstory of the year that just came. Yeah. But now I didn't know this was a thing, but apparently every year they retire certain names. Names that are going. Extinct, and this is on the forefront of our minds because our little Bernie Bowles is pregnant. Uh, well, yeah. Well, well, wow. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> congrats. Every time I talk to Jim, he's like, "Do you have the baby yet?" <laughs> no, but every you know. it's the first thing he says to me. He doesn't wait, say hello. Wait, should, this is baby, a side. Baby born yet? Hold on, hold on. Thumbtack. <laughs> this is a side segment in of itself when people say that like a guy is pregnant. They're pregnant. I know We're what pregnant. you mean, but when I hear it, I still think, well, "Wait a minute, I can't have a baby. It's, no. it's physically impossible." <laughs> no, it's that 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 kind of like they're pregnant yes. as a couple. Yes. So Bernie Bowles' wife is pregnant. Yes, yes. Physiologically, Emma should get some credit for this. <laughs> I actually put up a poll on uh, Instagram uh, the day that we posted that we were having the baby, and I put up the names uh, Blazer, Laser, or Ethel. Oh. As uh, the names invoted. Laser did pretty well. Laser? <laughs> Ethel came in first, though. Why don't you just uh, you know complete the deal and just say make it a double name, Ethel Merman? Yeah. I could do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ethel uh, Merman yeah. Bowles. There you go. And you know, I, people I, are messing with you to see if you'll actually pick that name in real life. Because <laughs> <laughs> she'll really be swell. <laughs> Ethel. She'll be great. Now, Ethel is a name I think was like... I, wh- That's an older name. Does anybody know anybody young named Ethel? Or, yeah... Uh, d- d- Apparently not. (laughs) Spit it out, Beth. I'm going to use my words. (laughs) Names that are coming back that were names that like our grandmas had, like Mm -hmm. Hazel. Yeah. And Maud. Maud. Gertrude. Wouldn't it be funny to know like a little one year old Maud? I've never met a one year old Maud. Maud, But but there I mean anybody named Maud had to be one at some point. Is there a Maud or an Ethel out there under the age of 
five. Right. I'll even, I even bet ten. There is. I bet there is. Okay. So baby names, they're going uh, at the risk of going extinct. And this is according to, um, I just had it pulled up here a minute ago. Where did it go? It's uh, Names.com. Well, it's close to that. It's babycenter.com. <laughs> babycenter.com. Now, the number one name going extinct, and I am surprised by this one, Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn mm. Decker, you know wow. she's from this area. It's true. Like Brooklyn, I think that's why a... are more Charlotteans not naming their children after Brooklyn Decker? I know. What's going on, Brooklyn? <laughs> <laughs> now, see, like, wasn't Brooklyn Decker though? Like ten years ago, like, yes. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like she's a... in Gracie and Frank or Grace and Frankie, the the, the... Mr. Red movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the Netflix series no, with Lily one. Tomlin and yeah. and Jane Fonda, and she, she plays. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, Jane Fonda's daughter. Isn't she also married to Andy Roddick? The, the tennis, tennis player? player? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And when I say she's 10 years, I mean, she's obviously still with us, but 10 years ago was when she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and she was in that Adam Sandler movie and she was everywhere. Just That's go with height it. Height of popularity. Mm-hmm. Just That's go. Right. She's stunningly gorgeous. Um, another one that I think is surprising that I think is really popular, Blake. Doesn't that seem like, the, how does that go extinct? Yeah, I actually I like that name. I do too. Yeah, I got nothing wrong with it. Why don't you use that one, Bernie? Why don't you bring some of these back? Blake Bowl. We're only up to the B's so far. Blake Bowl. These are all good bold names. These are just female names, right? Um, well, I, I guess Blake. Blake I mean, I know, I know, but on the list it says it's listed as a as a female name. as a female name. But I th- maybe I guess Blake. Like yeah. Blake Lively. Was well, no, Blake big. is one of those names like Chris that could be male or female. We had a uh, Blake Brock Brockheimer. Yeah, first year. And Charlie, Charlie going extinct for a female. Charlie. Oh, for a female. Yeah. I actually really like that. How about Charlie? I love it because you can you can name your daughter <laughs> Charlotte and call her yeah. Charlie. Yeah. My friend has a, a daughter Charlotte. They call her Charlie. I think it's adorable. So, what's the number one name on the on the boy oh, list? Hold on. Of names that are in danger of going extinct. Uh, the number one. <laughs> hold on. I'm, and by the way, while you're looking for that, uh, just the methodology for a second here. They say Baby Center's State of Baby Names Initiative has identified and analyzed the most popular baby names for 20 years, and the Baby Names Going Extinct report draws from the top 500 baby names from each gender from data submitted by Baby Center, yada, yada, yada. And then they looked at the names that saw the steepest year-over-year declines. So here are five of the – so they, they numbered these weird uh, for the, the guy names. Aiden. Aiden going extinct. This one, I know. Aiden, I think, is really popular. If I, Detroit wins the Super Bowl this year, then I think it'll make a comeback. It'll make a comeback. But here's one that I don't know anyone named this except for a communication company and a constellation. Do, do, do any of y'all know an Orion? What? Orion? I know plenty of Ryans, but not Orion. Orion. I mean, and, yeah, Orion. And Johnny. Johnny seems like a strange one to go extinct. Maximus. People not using Maximus. <laughs> again, a lot. That's a shame. Again, That's a real shame. Like Brooklyn Decker, Maximus was like the, when Gladiator came out. Like if you would have told me the year Maximus was really popular when the Russell Crowe's movie came out. That was his character. I would have said, what was that, like 1990? That was a while ago. I, I think the name yeah. Max is adorable, but I didn't, I didn't know if but anybody John, was ever... John, too. I mean, Johnny. I mean, John, Max, yeah. I better still... Maximus. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Right. <laughs> um, another one, my nephew, Baylor. Baylor is is going extinct. I like that name, but Baylor, it's like the university, right? I mean. Well, ever since that probation thing. So here. Files. Okay, so why are we really talking about this? So here is why we are really talking about this. Number 22 on the list of names going extinct in 2024. Bo. 
Bye bye, Bo. See you guys. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye, Bo. Now, is that B O or B E A U? B O. Okay, so it's not. So it's not Bu. <laughs> it's not Bu. That name yeah. stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to my childhood. <laughs> Bo <laughs> is going extinct. I feel like your name would be hugely popular in Charlotte. That people would be like, I want myself a little Bo Thompson. I kind of like the idea. If you if you change the phrasing, we're not we're not. It's not going extinct. We're retiring the name. Well, I feel oh, like. Oh yeah, like a jersey in the Raptors. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's too good to be used you again. You can't improve upon it right now. For all of us bows, not just me, but the bows that are out there right now, they don't, they're, they're going to stop too with good us. To, it's too good to be used it's again. Too, yeah, you, you can't top the bows who are, already exist. Right. I feel like my name, I feel like Beth went away for a really long time. And then suddenly with Beth Dutton on Yellowstone, Beth is making a comeback. And I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad about it. What's Beth short for, Beth? It is short for Elis- is it, oh, okay. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. Bethany. I was but just it, wondering. It could be short for Bethany. <laughs> Bethany. Macbeth. Beth regard. <laughs> my, my name is Macbeth Troutman. <laughs> I'd like a McPick too, please. Well, uh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, Boomer, but I'm going to I'm going to stick it out for as long as I can. Once Bo, always Bo. That's right. That's right. Always Bo. Until All the B names: Bo, Beth, right. Bernie. I know what's going on here. Blake, Boomer, Boomer, Bim, Jim, Zoki, Jim. Oh. <laughs> Well, I'm not part of the show name. Oh my gosh, it fits so well if we start calling Mark Bark Garrison. <laughs> Seems to fit. Jim Bezoki. Brett Jensen. Brett Jensen. Brett Winterbull. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, I guess I should be thinking about my retirement speech, right? Yeah, I'm going to put the jersey up in here somewhere. Oh, okay. Well, at least you'll remember me when I'm gone. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Lots to do on the show today. Of course, the hiring... Dave Canales, the new Carolina Panthers head coach, or soon to be introduced, announced yesterday, offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks, going to come to Charlotte and hopefully uh, turn around the career of Bryce Young. So we heard from Zoki uh, earlier. We'll talk more with Jim coming up in a little bit. 8.05, we're going to bring Scott Fowler from the Charlotte Observer into the conversation, get his thoughts on uh, the next uh, era for the Carolina Panthers, which was announced yesterday. Also today, we're going to have... Uh, our buddy John Hancock back on a Friday, and uh, Beth and I will be uh, emceeing the Dream On 3 Gala at the uh, Charlotte Convention Center tomorrow night. So uh, coming up at 8.30, we also have a special guest. Yeah, the CEO of Dream On 3, Brandon Lindsay, will be joining us for a full half an hour to talk about the event coming up, how you can participate um, either virtually or in person, which, come on, don't you want to be in person? Bo and I are going to be there all gussied up. We have, I have an evening gown. Bo has a tux. There's That's that, the second time we've heard the word gussy. There's that word again. <laughs> I'm going to walk out tomorrow and go, this is me, gussied. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's also a combination of like, gussied up. Like, why do they always go together? You're not just gussied, you're gussied up. I don't know. I have to look up the etymology of that, <laughs> that turn of phrase. Etymology, entomology. Entomology's no, bugs. Let's not do that again. <laughs> or is that um, etymame? So you sent me uh, a text yesterday asking me a question about, something, about, about my wife, about something that, that w- what would happen if I had done this on a particular day because mm-hmm. you did this or well, you had actually you had it done to you. Yes. Th- well, what brought this up, y- you know how there are Dear Abby columns, people write into different places for advice. Well, Slate Magazine has their version of Dear Abby, but mostly the people who write into those columns are younger people. And somebody wrote in and said, help, my husband shoved the wedding cake in my face and now I'm divorcing him. 
In fact, the uh, writer, and they, they write, it's not Dear Abby, it's Dear Prudence, says, I got married <laughs> just before Christmas, and I'm hoping to be divorced or annulled by the end of January. So we're talking about like a two-month marriage. Obviously, that was not the plan originally. Now, here is the reason. Her only hard and fast rule was that her husband not rub cake in her face at the reception. Now, to be really clear, he did not rub cake in her face at the reception, but this is what he did. Being a reasonable man who knows me well, he did not shove cake in my face. Instead, he grabbed me by the back of my head and shoved my face down into the cake. He said it was planned since the cake was destroyed and he had a, a bunch of cupcakes as a backup. And she is divorcing him over the issue. And so you sent me a note that said, what would have happened you know, in this situation with you? Well, I said to you, did you do this to your wife at your wedding? Because you? I mean, we've all seen it where the, the groom and bride feed each other a piece of cake and the groom inevitably smears cake on the bride's face. And the, and, the, and the bride does it to the groom sometimes, too. Did you do this? No, no. And I don't think it would have gone over very well. Not not just, I mean, just because with anybody around, it was, I just don't think that that would have been appreciated. Well, Craig and I had a uh, destination wedding, but we still had a little reception. We had 50 people come down to the destination. We had a reception in the courtyard at the resort where we got married and had a little buffet and a cake. My cake was wrong, by the way. I was supposed <laughs> to have all these different, like, fun, fruity layers, and it, 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 it was wrong. But I didn't care. Well, whatever. It was cake. Tastes good. So we're 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 cutting into the cake and feeding each other, and I just fed Craig normally, and then he did smear the cake on my face, and it caught me by surprise. And my mom said to me afterwards, she was like, "I thought fire was going to shoot out of your nostrils." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wasn't angry at all. I just was completely shocked. I did not expect him to do that because he's kind of a low key dude, you know. Like that didn't seem like something he would do. That's so Craig. It's so Craig. It's so Craig. Did you shove cake in Emma's face? I did. You did. Oh, she okay. shoved, but she shoved hers in my face too. So it was kind of like a. I actually have pictures of that. Like they have still pictures of us shoving. The was that a uh, something you guys knew was going to happen? Kind of spontaneous. Like I'm not sure who started it, but I definitely remember us doing that to each other. Well, it kind of ended up being fun. Like Craig kissed the cake off my face afterwards, and I was like, "Well, that's sexy," you know. Like that's kind of <laughs> hey, <fun. laughs> hey now, a lot of emotion. There. <laughs> I had a lot going on. Did- Zoke, we did not. Okay, we did not. It was, um, yeah. I feel like that would be like. Um, a, a line to cross. I don't think Sandra would have taken that one. You don't think Sandra I think would I could have done like a little like like tip of the nose kind of, you know, not a sh- full shoving of the cake. Of the cake I could have done the- like I'm sure like a little you know, like a streak of cake or something like a fingertip or something. Well, but here's I think maybe did why not, did not think to I'm do it same, honestly. I'm in the same boat as Oak. That's and I, I honestly I didn't even occur to me to do that to be honest with you, so. See, that's so funny that Bernie, it occurred to him, it had occurred to Craig, and it didn't bother me that Craig did it. It just shocked me. It just completely surprised me that he did it. Caller Don says that uh, he would have done it back in his day, but they were all gussied up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't. They well, couldn't. But see, but see he's, that's, that's, that's sort of tying into exactly what my mentality would have been. I would have thought, because look, uh, I, my wife and I talk about our, our wedding day and joke that, that uh, there are all these things that were planned. The only thing that I cared about was the kind of cake that we had. The only thing that I, I didn't care about colors or or the honeymoon time, or, or no I mean you know the, the honeymoon I had to plan and I <laughs> so if you'd gotten Beth's cake you would have been distraught about the fact that yeah because my the cake right was cake. completely wrong I was such a low stress bride I will tell you that like my pastor was late my flowers were wrong I didn't care I just showed wrong up. guy married her. <laughs> 
<laughs> Some random dude. I, I didn't know the guy no, at the end of the aisle. But he was I, a good-looking guy, so if, what the heck. If I had done it, I would have been worried that I was messing with the whole vision that uh, not just my wife, but every you know her mom and everybody who planned it had. Well, here's the thing I think about this woman, because she didn't want cake shoved in her face, and instead he shoved her face into the cake. So he did technically <laughs> like, follow the rules. Well, he did. He, he followed her request, but I bet it had everything to do with how much money she spent getting her hair and her makeup done. I bet you that was that See, was more of it. We that had was, taken pictures before we had done the cake cutting. Yeah, though. we did too. Like so, all of our professional stuff. The rest of it was just like having fun pictures. Yeah, you know. But, but I'm also of, not saying it would have made, like a divorceable offense. Like I'm just saying it wouldn't have. Yeah, been that's the an thing extreme that she reaction. To yeah, that yeah, she too. was mad. There's got to be other things beside the cake that were going wrong. <laughs> yeah. You can't be like you're the love of my life. I love everything about you. Now I'm done with you. That's it. Like, I'm cake. out of here. I can't do this. I mean, he would have screwed up eventually if that was the case. Just a matter of time. Very high standards. Yeah, she's just too high maintenance. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. By the end of my wedding, my dress was filthy because I'd been dancing. I'd sweat. Where did you dance? On the got... dance floor. Well, how does he get dirty? What were you doing? Oh, dancing? She was dirty dancing. She was I dirty was... dancing. No, no, because your dress is long. Nobody puts Beth in a corner. <laughs> She when was we, pole dancing. When we, when we come back, <laughs> oh Scott Fowler, the Charlotte Observer, on the Panthers' new coach. Stay where you are. From News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT, this is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. Friday morning, Tyboid Studio, January 26th. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, WBT Sports Director Jim Zoki. Bernie as well, and uh, the big news this morning at a Bank of America stadium in Pantherland is yet another new Panthers head coach, Dave Canales, most recently the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a guy who has turned around the careers of several notable quarterbacks. And, oh, by the way, we have a quarterback who is in need of some direction. So uh, let's uh, continue to get reaction today to this latest move by David Tepper and bring on a guy we've talked to a lot lately because there's just been a lot going on uh, with the Carolina Panthers, Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer, who has been with the Observer since 1994 and, of course, also the author of the new book Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. Appreciate glad to be with y'all again. Always glad to have you. Uh, although we got to quit, you know, we got to stop doing this so often with I this know. coaching thing. I think I think all of Charlotte <laughs> fandom would would not like to be talking about new coaches so often. But w- let's start there. What do you think of the guy that uh, apparently is uh, going to be made official uh, very soon? Yes. Well, Dave Canales is the right age. He's only forty-two. Um, I think he's got the right attitude. You know, he's a relentlessly positive guy and. I think they could have done a lot worse. I'll put it that way. I mean, he is certainly not a high-profile hire. I'm sure uh, most Panther fans and and myself barely had heard of him until the last couple of weeks uh, because he's been, you know, he's been pretty obscure really until this last year when he was the offensive coordinator at Tampa. But turning around Baker Mayfield, I mean, Baker Mayfield was a disaster here. So the fact that he got a career best season out of Baker Mayfield. I think that bodes well for what what y'all were just talking about and the the Bryce Young project because that's really what this team is all about and that's what Canales has been brought in to fix. Now, I was yesterday years old when I heard his name, so it wasn't something that was <laughs> I was familiar with at all, but I'm so excited to hear you say that he's relentlessly positive and optimistic. That's the most exciting news I've heard in a long time about somebody. <laughs> 
Well, uh, you, when you inherit a 2-15 and 15 team, you better be. I think he's, uh, from what I understand, and I have not met him, but, uh, you know, from talking to people who know him, uh, he is a guy who is going to stay. I think he's a little fiery, too, and honestly, I think Ooh. Bryce Young probably needs a little of that uh, outwardly. In the You know, he needs, needs a uh, – he's passionate, but he needs to show it. A little bit more. Uh, with that said, my column today, which is in charlotteobserver.com, and, and we've got a ton of coverage there. Please go to that website. Uh, what I worry about is Dave Tepper uh, messing with things, I guess you would say. I think he needs to leave Canales and the new GM, Dan Morgan, alone. He's hired two smart people. Let them do their job. I see, Scott, you have your hand up, so I'll call on you here. I think... Um, <laughs> You know, Dave Canales, obviously, quarterback whisperer. There's a minutia, though, being a quarterback's coach and a first-time, first-year offensive coordinator where you work exclusively with that. It'll be interesting, I guess, an unknown uh, of what that'll look like as far as a head coach because you do have to oversee special teams. You do have to meet with the owner and personnel and do a lot of other things. So uh, what's your take on, on that, that it's a, a kind of obviously an unknown situation as far as being the overseer and not being in the minutia of just the passing game? Well, I think with uh, – that's a good question, Jim. I think with Canales, he's probably a guy that would have gotten some more interviews uh, in a year. You know, he's, I think he's kind of like a year away from where he might have been a hotter candidate. The Panthers, as far as I know, were the only team that interviewed him. Now, he and Morgan go way back. They were together eight years in Seattle, and so – that's part of the reason he's getting this job. Dan Morgan um, is very confident in him. But all the things that you have to do as a head coach, you're right. I mean, there are that is a multitasking job, and he and Morgan will both report directly to David Tepper, uh, according to the Panthers. So there's a lot here. He's going to have to find. You know, the defense though is fairly well intact, and I think will be much more stable. So he's probably going to keep some of those defensive coaches, and then he his charges to fix the offense he and morgan they've just got a a team that got shut out if y'all remember the last two games they played which hadn't happened for 15 years so uh, the more i hear about this guy and his ability to turn around quarterbacks uh, it all makes sense on paper but a year ago it all made sense on paper to me Mm -hmm. the way it was explained Mm -hmm. with with frank reich and all those hires and changes and so uh, i'm sure there are a lot of panthers fans out there that are saying I didn't think we were going to get Bill Belichick uh, or, or maybe even Mike Vrabel. Uh, ben Johnson was a name that was mentioned for a long time. But they also didn't expect that the Panthers would make their hire and those three names would still be unhired. Uh, and we've talked to you about the fact that uh, maybe the most important thing about this David Tepper dynamic is you need a guy who's not afraid to stand up to David Tepper and tell him when he needs to hear the word no. And you could, I mean, you could envision, obviously, Belichick. I never thought that was realistic, but maybe Mike Vrabel uh, might have been a fit for that reason here. And yet those three guys I mentioned are still unemployed. They may end up being somewhere before the, uh, the, the final two vacancies are, are filled. But it is, to me, an interesting notion that uh, we hire a guy and those three names are still on the board and weren't interviewed. Well, that's a good point. Uh, I think with Ben Johnson, this is my guess there, is that Ben Johnson somehow through intermediaries has told the Panthers, uh, look, I'm going to end up as Washington's head coach. That, that'll happen probably next week. So I think I think the writing was on the wall on Ben Johnson. Now, the other two guys, Belichick and Brable, they may not have a chair when the musical chairs uh, stop here. I think I think not only the Panthers, but other teams have decided that's maybe not the way they're going to go. The Panthers did interview Brable, 
never really had any interest in Belichick as far as we know. There was never an interview there, and I don't know what that says, but in any case, uh, they went unknown. They went with, uh, but as you remember, that's a good point, Bo. Last year, you know, the, everyone was like, oh, Frank Reich, this is going to be perfect because they've got to have a new quarterback. And Frank Reich was the probably hottest candidate last year. And so they ended up with that guy, well-known, uh, had been to the playoffs, hot candidate, and it, it lasted for 11 games. So this is a really polar opposite hire from that. The only real commonality is that they're both supposed to be quarterback whispers. And it feels like um, first-year GM, as far as being at the top of the chain with Dan Morgan, first-year head coach, firing a coach in season last year, Canales has to feel like he's got at least two years. What do you think about the six-year contract, or is that somewhat meaningless in the day and age where you can kind of buy out contracts if it doesn't go the right way? Well, it's it, no, I thought it was meaningful um, in that he will get paid for six years if they fire him early. I think what you just said is about right. I think you get a six-year contract partly because the last year guy, you know, last guy had four years and then got fired after 11 games. Now, Frank Reich's getting paid for all four years. I think with a six-year contract here, I'm sure uh, Canales' agent pushed for that just to give him a little more security. I think, yes, I think he's got two years uh, to fix it, and then by the third year uh, we're going to be in the same boat if, it's not fixed. But two years, I mean, they have a ton of salary cap room coming up over the next two years. Uh, I mean, the dream would be that Canales somehow uh, gets Mike Evans here as well. The, uh, mm. you know, eventual Hall of Fame wide receiver is uh, going to be on the market probably. So there's a lot of potential here uh, if you believe in Bryce Young. And obviously Canales believes in him. Obviously Dan Morgan was part of the process that got him here. So it really comes down to Bryce Young. That is what the large majority of every NFL team is. We watch these games this weekend. It's all about quarterbacks. And that's where the Panthers have got to get it solved. Scott Fowler, Charlotte Observer, always appreciate your time. And also the book, Sports Legends of the Carolinas. Uh, it's, you know, it's always an, a great opportunity to have Scott on with Zoki here because both of you go all the way back to the beginning with this team and uh, can talk about the, the highs and the lows. And here we are again uh, trying to rebuild. So uh, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Y'all have a good morning. You too. That's Scott Fowler. We are just days away now from the North Carolina 8th Congressional District Republican primary debate. This is a six-way primary, and all six candidates will be at the Wingate University Bat Center next Wednesday night, 7 p.m. And I'll be there, and Beth will be there. We'll be moderating this this whole thing. And uh, the WBT team, Vince Coakley, Pete Callender, Brett Winterbull, Mark Garrison, Brett Jensen, will be our panelists to ask questions to each of the candidates. And you and I will also be doing a little pregame show right here on WBT. And we're emceeing the uh, 2024 Dream Gala tomorrow night at the Charlotte Convention Center. And we'll talk much more about that in our next segment because we have a very special guest from Dream on 3. It's going to be in studio with Brandon us. Brandon Lindsay, the CEO, the founder of, uh, of Dream on 3, will be here. One of the biggest balls of energy I have ever met in my life. And I'm saying that. I was going to say, that's a ball of energy describing <laughs> another ball of energy. So if, if this ball of energy next to me says he's a ball of energy, he's a ball he's of energy. He's a ball of energy. It's right. fantastic. So uh, let's talk about what's at the top of the ticket. 
uh, from these District 8 uh, congressional Republican wannabes. At the top of the ticket is, of course, the presidential race. The latest from the campaign trail, here is Mike Emanuel. She didn't win. She lost. And you know- Former President Trump is now threatening rival Nikki Haley's donors, warning on his true social they, quote, will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. Haley fired back on X. Well, in that case, donate here. Let's go. Trump's attacks also getting very personal. One of the biggest donors to Nikki Haley's campaign is this slob known as Reid Hoffman, the big slob. LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman, a traditional Democratic donor, reportedly won't give more to Haley unless she can demonstrate a path to victory. Another big Haley donor is publicly saying it is over for her this cycle, arguing New Hampshire was a must win. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. It's time for her to fold them. She has absolutely no chance. Haley insists grassroots fundraising is still working, telling supporters she's raised more than $2 million since New Hampshire. We have had 200,000 donors from all 50 states. 95% of those donations are $200 or less. The main super PAC backing Haley says it raised $50.1 million in the second half of 2020. 23. A super PAC supporting Trump brought in more than $46 million during the same time period. Officials with MAGA Inc. also confirmed to Fox News they began 2024 with more than $23 million on hand. Haley's campaign should have a better sense of its fundraising options going forward with three big GOP conferences in the next week or so. And whether more pressure from Trump could give donors cold feet. That's Mike Emanuel. Uh, You know, when you hear the phrase presumptive nominee, uh, that's nothing new, but it's the phrase that you uh, see placed upon someone well into the race, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is an unusual year for a lot of reasons, but especially unusual because we just finished New Hampshire and there are only two candidates. And many in the Republican Party would make the argument that there should only be one candidate. Uh, You become the presumptive nominee once you've accrued a certain number of delegates where it's Obviously, the math means you're going to be the be the nominee. But technically, technically, uh, you've only had two opportunities to uh, to accrue anything. So it's interesting because the RNC is at least weighing the possibility of declaring Trump the presumptive nominee now. And by that, I mean uh, that there is a resolution before the RNC uh, that they're considering that would, uh, you know, if they get enough support behind it within the party, they'd go ahead and and declare Trump the, the presumptive nominee, which would uh, kick things into the what they call full general election mode, welcoming supporters of all candidates uh, under the umbrella. And Donald Trump has actually weighed in on this. And you would think that he would say, great, I'm happy to be the presumptive nominee. However, he posted on Truth Social yesterday. I'll read his uh, his post. While I greatly appreciate the Republican National Committee wanting to make me the presumptive nominee, and while they have far more votes than necessary to do it, I feel for the sake of party unit party unity that they should not go forward with this plan, but that I should do it the quote old fashioned way and finish the process off at the ballot box. Thank you to the RNC for the respect and devotion that you have shown me. Now here's the great thing about saying that is A, he's calling for party unity. B, he's asking his supporters to trust 
the ballot box. That's a very different message from what he's saying about the 2020 election. So he's saying for people to trust the process. And I think that's a positive message given how much destruction the previous message caused. And he's also essentially saying, if I'm going to uh, declare that there's party unity around one candidate, let's prove it. You know, let's do it the way that the, the, so the numbers will indicate that. Because technically right now, uh, he needs 1,215 delegates to uh, win the nomination. He only has 32. Right, because only two states have had their, well, the the Iowa is an Iowa caucus, but New Hampshire had the primary. So you're talking about just a few thousand votes. I think it was a little over 100,000 people showed up in Iowa, similar numbers in New Hampshire. So that's a very small percentage of the population and a very small percentage of the Republican voter base. Well, and it also speaks to that topic we were talking about earlier this week with Mick Mulvaney about the down-ballot elections. Right. And uh, if you don't have any uh, intrigue at the top of the ticket to pull anybody in, a lot of those down-ballot elections may get forgotten in the process or won't get the attention that the party wants them to have. So and I think they could suffer. You could end up with a candidate you didn't necessarily want because you didn't go out to support that candidate. And Trump is not specifically saying that's part of his reasoning, but if it is, again, as you were saying a minute ago, I, I think that's a good thing. All right, back to the News Center, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Saturday night's Dream Gala in Uptown Charlotte. That's right, that's the operative word for this segment and actually this weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina. And this is something I've come to know through my buddy Beth Troutman, and now she's pulled me into it. Because tomorrow night is the uh, the annual Dream Gala in Uptown Charlotte, the Dream On 3 organization, and we have a very special guest in studio. I'm so thrilled to have Brandon Lindsay, the founder and CEO. Can I call you the CEO of Dream On 3? The coolest organization. I um, found out about this about three years ago. This will be my third time joining you to host this gala. Your organization, I've been on dreams with you. I have helped tell stories about the dreams. I've gotten to know so many of the young children. Let's talk a little bit about, for folks who have never heard of Dream on 3, tell them about the incredible work that you do. It founded right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, but now it is a national organization. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) I said one ball of energy to another one, right? I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for uh, for having me in. This is cool to to be hanging out with you. Um, So my wife and I actually started the organization back in January of 2013. And we Dream on Three is a dream granting organization. We make sports dreams come true for kids that are battling with some life altering conditions. And we take their wildest sports dream, whatever that may be, and we build an experience around it that that'll span three or four days. And um, we travel all over the country to make their sports dream come true. But it's with them and their immediate family members. One of the the coolest things that I've experienced, and I did this with you, we were at a, a high school in Harrisburg where we surprised uh, a person who was a, a student, and a limo came out on the track and picked the student up. The entire student body was there. You flew the entire family out to the West Coast because this uh, this. This dreamer, I love this, you call them dreamers. This dreamer loved golf, and we were flying them to play. I think it was golf with a their favorite golfer. And those are the kinds of things that you do for people, like you said, have life altering. 
conditions and even things like uh, mental health challenges, intellectual disabilities, illness, things that affect not just the dreamer themselves, but as you said, you you make this something that's possible for the entire family to make people feel as special as they really are because we're all so special, but you actually take it and make them feel special. Well, that's, that's the goal is to infuse some hope and joy and love into their situations and their challenges that they're uh, uh, dealing with. And I'm so glad you got to experience that at Harrisburg because that's that was part of our junior dream team program where we actually build a curriculum where student leaders help make a dream come true for one of their own. And it, you, what's cool about that program is you talk about impact and the impact of these things that we're doing. We've got a dream that's happening for one child, but in the process, you've impacted this entire high school and you got to see what it did for that community and for that school and how they all rallied around someone that that needed that you know probably gets passed by in the hallways right. uh, every day, and now they've become a rock star at the school. So and it opens hearts. There, you can't watch something like this happen for a student and it and not have your heart opened and understand what it means to give. And that's the whole the whole purpose of the the gala that's happening this weekend. It's about giving so that you all can make these dreams happen for these really special individuals. Absolutely. Yeah. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year. So we we depend on this. This is our Super Bowl. I feel like I don't, I've never played in a Super Bowl, believe it or not, but I feel like this is what it's got to feel like going into the Super Bowl for these guys. Um, I'm amped up. We're excited. The team's been hard at it, but We've got our Super Bowl tomorrow night, and and the coolest thing about the Dream Gal, and Beth, you know it, you've seen it for a couple of years now, is that the Dream Kids are there. Mm-hmm. All the Dream Kids from the past year, they are the VIPs. We'll have um, we'll have celebrities like you and Bo in the room. We'll have <laughs> professional athletes in the room. We'll have you know famous people in the room, and we tell them for this night, you are not the VIP. And and the Dream Kids are the VIP that night. The Dream Kids will literally be signing headshots. Uh, for people in the room. And that's that's one of the things that makes this event unique. And you absolutely do such a spectacular job. And we're going to talk more about that because it does, it does make everybody, all of those dreamers feel so special. We're talking to Brandon Lindsay of uh, the Dream on 3 organization. If you're just learning about it, hearing us talk about it, uh, dreamon3.org. You can go to the website. You can see profiles of the dreamers, the celebrities, the real people we're, we're here for there, and, and all the, uh, the details of what uh, Brandon's been talking about. And like Beth said, we're going to talk more about what you can expect tomorrow night, Charlotte Convention Center this year for the Dream Gala. So baby, Morning, Ty Boyd Studio, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman. Excited tomorrow night. Beth's back for a third year, and this will be my maiden voyage as a joint MCs for the Dream Gala at the Charlotte Convention Center. And this is, uh, as our guest Brandon Lindsay said, the Super Bowl for the Dream On Three organization. Brandon's with us in studio, and uh, we're very excited about this tomorrow night. But we're excited to have you. I'm glad that uh, Beth roped you into this thing. So. You know, he, it's a package deal these days now. <laughs> we've, we've basically morphed into the same person. So. <laughs> I love it. This is going to be great, having you guys together. And you, 
you have your sneakers ready? I do. I do. I actually, uh, my, my sneaker game, I'm, I'm, this will be the first time I've ever worn sneakers with a tux. You're going to fit right in. Okay, good. Because I, I've, I've, I think you all will be impressed. I'll just leave it at that. I'm wearing sneakers with an evening gown, and I am so thrilled. This is like freedom for me. This is a whole new level of just aha. <laughs> you know, we, we started noticing the sneaker thing about three or four years ago, and we just embraced it. They said, let's go with it. We People are more comfortable. And I love it, especially us ladies. We're so much more comfortable in sneakers than in <laughs> high heels. And the great thing about what your gala is or what your gala is, it is all about helping fund these dreams for these incredible young people. The thing that your organization does for people who are just tuning in and uh, who don't know a lot about Dream on 3, you all make sports-themed dreams come true for kids and young adults ages 5 to 21 who are living with life-altering conditions, including those with mental health challenges and intellectual disabilities. And this fundraiser helps you make those sports dreams come true for these individuals and for their families. And here's the thing that I love saying out loud. This year, it already sold out. Already sold out. It was it was wild. It's, it blows my mind every year how this community has rallied behind this organization. Um, we released the tickets in November right after uh, Thanksgiving and on Black Friday, actually. And we were sold out within a couple weeks. And that's incredible. But people listening can contribute. They can also get involved in the silent auction, and you will post the gala online so people can watch it as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're we're not streaming it live this year, but you will be able to watch it after the event. We'll post it. But you can participate still. You can participate in the silent auction. You can. We've got a business competition that's happening in conjunction with the Dream Gala. We've got eight companies, well-respected companies from around the greater Charlotte area that are competing for the title of Queen City Business of the Year. And so people can help support their team. They're, they're trying to win that night as well. So it's a fun, competitive environment. But um, yeah, even though you're not there, you can still help uh, help us make dreams come true and you can help your team win. Now, so you, I'm sorry. I just wanted to really quickly say that with the, 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 the business of the year, you can go online. It's the, that, that business, it's all about who raises the most money, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And they're, they're still competing. They will compete all the way to nine o'clock tomorrow night. So we won't, we won't know who the winner is. It'll go back and forth. All the way to the finish line. So fun. Now, you can go to dreamon3.org if you want to learn more about this. And and online, just like tomorrow night, the dreamers, the stars of the show are going to be there and we're going to learn about their stories. But you can go online and see profiles of dreamers. Uh, we have a limited amount of time, obviously. But Brandon, is is there one or just an, an example of a dream that you've granted over the years to give listeners an idea of what when you say you're going and granting sports-related dreams for these kids, what you're doing? Yeah, Bo, it's, there's not one in particular. I get asked all the time my favorite, and I don't have a favorite because they're right. all so unique, but it's everything. We've taken a, a, a girl that was living with severe autism uh, to Hawaii to surf with the professionals at Pipe Masters. And, you know, we've had uh, kids that have hung out with Steph Curry. We had a kid that got a black belt from Chuck Norris. <laughs> and so if the, whatever it is, the more unique 
and the more challenging, the more we love to, to try to pull it together. I tell our, our dreamers all the time, if your dream is to swim with the Dolphins, that's that's not us. That's that's not what we do. But if you want to go swim with the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> that is what we do. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we do. The more unique, the, the you know, and those are the ones that are fun. The baseball, football, basketball, those are, those are pretty standard. But, you know, we've got girls that want to be on the cheering team. We've got swimming dreams. We put a girl that was battling with mental health challenges with Simone Biles right after Simone Biles came back from her um, her battles with mental health challenges and so it's it's all over the spectrum but anything sports related we're down for so it's all about people meeting their heroes getting to accomplish their own sports related goals whether it be playing golf or like you said surfing or getting a black belt all of those things are part of what you do. And in the fact that you include the family, the fact that these are huge undertakings. I mean, this involves air travel. It involves communication with huge celebrities. And you all make it happen. And it's seamless. And and it, it, it just takes so much love, so much passion, so much attention, um, and just so much compassion and all of those things combined you not you don't just change the lives of the dreamers you change the lives of everyone who gets involved well they're changing our lives it's been it's been an incredible blessing to be able to do this we've got an amazing team uh, so many people that help to make these dreams come true they pour their hearts into this each and every day and I, I I'm blessed to be a part of it. I, I think I get more out of it than the kids do, just watching them live out their dreams. Well, we're blessed you created it. Well, and we were talking off the air, and this is a, and we, we should point this out, the Dream on 3 organization, what's happening Saturday night is the Carolinas Gala, uh, and, and Dream on 3 was born here, uh, and that's where you're headquartered, but it has become uh, something that has a presence in other states, and you're expanding and trying to grow, and so uh, the scope of these things that you talk about, uh, part of it's because you dream just like the kids do, but to be able to pull off uh, the, the scope of these dreams, you have to have a, an organization that's growing and bringing more people in under the umbrella all the time yeah that's and that's that's where we're at right now in 2018 we made the decision that we saw what these programs were doing and we said we're going to scale we're going to start growing these programs across the country and the and the vision was that we would have 10 communities uh we, 10 different cities and and 10 years and so that's 2028 and we've got we're in five different cities right now across the country so we're on track to to be able to achieve that well, I it's know exciting. that that dream will come true. And again, tell folks how they can contribute, how they can support maybe their favorite business, how they can uh, be part of the, the online auction. Right. Yeah. Go to the website, dreamon3.org, and that's the number three. And you'll see a link that will direct you to the, the gala. And from there, you can participate in the silent auction. You can help support the businesses uh, and, and be a part of it. Well, we can't wait to be a part of it tomorrow I can't night. Wait We're either. so excited. Well, and I'm honored to be to be brought into this. Uh, Beth and I'll be emceeing tomorrow night. Fly tie and Jacinda Jacobs will be there uh, firing up the crowd and just uh, uh, an incredible. I know it's going to be incredible, and I haven't even been to it yet. But I know the two people in front of me and how enthusiastic they are. And uh, if they say you got to be part of this, then I, I'm in. So we'll see you all tomorrow night. And thanks for coming by, Brandon. Thank you for having me. John Hancock, Charlotte's Most Beloved, in the house, closing us out for the week as always, coming up next. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. 
This is Good Morning BT with Bo Thompson and Beth Troutman. John Hancock, WBT, keeping you in touch. The only proper way to close out a week on this show. We did not have him last week. I did offer, but it's a it's a it's a ways to go, which I, I kind of figured uh, we might not have Hancock with us last week, but we had a lot going on and it's our yearly visit to the uh, Union County uh, barbecue, uh, there the Crime Stoppers barbecue, but we missed you last week. Well, I missed you guys too. Um it's a haul from uh, Belmont <laughs> to uh, the other side of Monroe. You know, yes. if it had been the Indian Trail side, I've made that drive because my son lives over in that area. But uh, that uh, hour and 10 minutes over and an hour and 10 minutes back, um, I said, no, I think I'll sleep in, <laughs> which, which means I got up at 620 instead yeah. of 6.15. Oh, boy. So I should probably start uh, with the big news in town. Uh, did you know who Dave Canales was before yesterday? No, I, I was going to say, <laughs> who had Morgan and Canales in the pool? <laughs> right? I was. I, I told Bo this. He sends me the article yesterday that the, this guy was hired, and I was like, I was yesterday years old when I learned his name. All morning long, I've been calling him David cannoli i couldn't even get his name right <laughs> well maybe this does say at least temporarily that uh david tepper is listening to his new general manager well i hope so because they're buds right they've worked but that together. doesn't need to last but i but um and i i don't have an opinion on it because i don't know the guy i mean i you know i hope he turns out to be the next kyle shanahan or um you know the the, the next young wonder mm-hmm. um and then and, and everybody uh, you see some of these really young coaches and kind of think to yourself, where did they come from? The the Rams coach, whose name I can't think of, McVay or whatever his name Yeah, Sean McVay. Yeah. You, you say, you know, where did he come from? Because uh, he is, he's really good. Um, so I hope, uh, I hope Canales is the same, but we'll see. He's, I, we're optimistic, but some of this feels too much in some ways like deja vu where we have this great connection with a, a cool coach and then you know dan morgan i got his name right right dan yeah. morgan like, uh-huh. Yay. <laughs> dan morgan you know, used to play for the panthers and it, it has the same feeling of of this time last year when we were hiring frank reich and like oh he was the original quarterback for the panthers and we've all had these feelings of optimism and now i feel like we're all a little too fr- afraid to be optimistic and this guy's well, supposed to be incredibly optimistic. For Dan Morgan, I hope this works out better than his coal-burning pizza place. Do, do you <laughs> oh. remember him opening that? Oh, he had a pizza Vaguely. place. Way, way out on Ray Road. I think it was out on Ray Road. And uh, he's from Pittsburgh area or yeah. that area. And uh, I guess uh, pizza places that uh, use coal as their fire up there is uh, is kind of a deal. So he opened up a, uh, a coal-infused pizza place and... Uh, I don't know whether it was successful or not successful. It didn't last a whole long time. Uh, but that was one of the first things I uh, thought of. I would not have uh, been able to tell you that was Dan Morgan if I was standing next to him. Uh, he uh, he looks taller. He looks leaner. He yeah. looks uh, uh, a lot different than what I remember yeah. uh, Dan Morgan, the, the player, is. But a lot of players go on that. Jordan Gross. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely yeah, different. You wouldn't yeah. recognize Jordan Gross if you didn't know that that's who you were talking to because yeah. he's not the lineman that he was. He's a, a thin, trim guy. And the only thing I remembered about Dan Morgan from his years here is he's like this gigantic neck. He had like the world's biggest neck. And now he kind of has 
all of it, it, oh, he, it shrank, shrunk, shrank, he's, shrunk. He's down. lost a full neck. <laughs> he lost part of his neck. <laughs> but I, we were talking to Scott Fowler last hour, and I said to Scott, you know, a year ago, all of this looked really good on paper, too, like the, the signing of Frank Reich and, mm-hmm. and all the things they said. And it's easy to get excited when you're talking about, uh, you know, hypotheticals or just imagining things when nothing's happening on the field. Right. Uh, you can't see it out in front of you. So a year ago, I was equally like they made the they made the all the arguments yesterday as I learned who this Dave Canales guy was, offensive coordinator for the Bucks, and, and turned around the career of Baker Mayfield, of all people, and also Geno Smith in Seattle. And so there's. Reason to believe that this guy should be able to come in and turn around the career of Bryce Young, which is basically what it's all, everything's hinging on Bryce Young now. That's what they've mortgaged their future on. But at the same time, as, as, as much as I can get on board with all this talk and how it sounds good on paper, we know how that worked out for us last year. And I was looking around uh, on Twitter yesterday at all the different uh, reaction, and it was everywhere, of course. A guy who runs a, a, a blog called Cat Crave, this caught me yesterday, says, not moved at all. Deepest group of head coaches and general managers arguably ever. Panthers go with an internal promotion and his buddy from Seattle. <laughs> now that's the ultimate glasses well, half empty outlook, but but you know I understand why some people might you, think you that won't, you won't know until you know, and a lot of his success will depend on whether Dan Morgan can uh, can stock him with the players that he needs and make the trades that Fitterer didn't, right? Um, and uh, so on and so forth. So a lot of his success will uh, rely on his good friend Dan Morgan. So I, you know I wish him the best. I, but as you sit here today, you have no idea. They certainly have a long way to go. Well, maybe the fact that they're buds will help make those trades more likely. You know, that, that they, they communicate with each other buddy-buddy style, and then they, they talk openly and honestly with each other and bro-hug it out and figure out who it is that they want. Does that suit no? Well, no, no. I, I, you're, you're right. And, and with Dan Morgan, you know, we're going to find out whether – because, again, glass half empty, you're saying, okay, wait a minute. Dan Morgan was the second-in-command behind Scott Fitterer, and look yeah. where Scott Fitterer got us. Or you can say glass full and say, well, maybe he was just doing what he was told, and now is his chance to break out of the box and do his own thing. Well, I think he was kind of – Morgan was brought in by Fitterer, but uh, I think it was part of – his growth uh, as that finally qualified him possibly to be a GM. But like mm-hmm. I say, you, you won't know until you know. Well, word is that uh, Canales just knocked. I mean, obviously he had a good interview because they hired him, but apparently, from what I'm hearing, they just he just blew them away as far yeah. as what he said he wanted to do. Power of positive thinking. He comes from that Seattle yeah. mentality, so uh, that that you know that's that. Uh, I think the, the weirdest part of this whole scenario is Bill Belichick might be sitting at home in a, a lazy boy uh, this season. Yeah, um, watching it on TV. Which doesn't surprise me. I'm thrilled to death they did not hire Belichick because I think uh, as great as he is or was, I think he's uh, old school and I think the game in a lot of ways has, uh, has uh, passed him. Well, that's another thing I said to uh, Scott Fowler. I said, um, who would have thought that the Panthers would make a hire and Ben Johnson and Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel and Pete Carroll would all be still available, technically. Well, ben Johnson's going to D.C. Yeah, uh, but he's not there yet. So technically, you would have thought that those names would be off the board because they signed somewhere else, not because we decided we wanted somebody other than them. If those, I'm not saying Bill Belichick was ever going to sign here, but I'd like to believe Mike Vrabel might have. So, 
Well, I guess, but I, you know, Vrabel didn't really excite me either. I don't. I mean, you know, he did a nice job in Tennessee. He didn't do. Um, he didn't do a great job in Tennessee. Um, I, I don't know. This has got as good a chance as any. Uh, you, you, you throw the dart at the board and you see what happens. I'm just excited. I have another nickname. I had the Tabor Tooth Tiger this uh, second half of the season, and now I have Dave Cannoli. <laughs> Hopefully you'll have that one for a long time. I hope so. That'll give me time to actually learn his name. All right, when we come back, Friday News Quiz. We haven't had Hancock involved in the Friday News Quiz in a while. Garrison's going to join us. We've got Big Weekend at the bottom of the hour, and uh, much more on a Friday morning with Charlotte's Most Beloved. Hey, you know yeah. what that sound is? It's the return. Of everybody, <laughs> of everybody's My favorite. buzzer's working. Hey, Yay. Mark Garrison is here. Hancock's here. It's time for the Friday News Quiz. Yes, sir. Well, let's start with something very timely this morning. Dave Canales, new Panthers coach, or uh, what do you call him, Beth? Cannoli? Dave, Dave Cannoli. Cannoli. All right, well, what is his wife Lizzie best known for? I hope it's cannolis. Oh, that'd be so great. An exercise video, a book about marriage, or an appearance on Oprah talking about raising their kids. I am going with B. Okay. I'm going to go with B as well. Okay. What was B? (laughs) Book about marriage? Pay attention, will you, Beth? Come on. I'm going with B, too, I think, because I've... All right. What do you say, Sugar Beth? I'm going to have to go B, because these guys seem incredibly confident. That is correct. You might want to read it. It's a book on how God saved their marriage. <laughs> Craig's happy as a clam. Oh, sure he is. Uh, oh, my God. No, we know he is. All right. After college, Dave Canales sold real estate. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. Then he got into what business? Making cowboy hats, making saddles, or making cowboy boots? Saddles. Boots. Yeah, cowboy boots for me, Bo. Yeah, I think I remember reading that he made boots. Oh. Boots? Yeah, that's exactly right. He made cowboy boots. Also decided he hated that job and quickly got out of it. <laughs> Do you remember Red Red Skelton? His did the boots, boots, boots. They are everywhere. <laughs> was that Red Skelton? I think so. Hmm. Whoever it was, it's a good impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is National Fun at Work Day. We have. And- we have fun every day here, right? Yes, but this is like the best day to celebrate it. That's mm-hmm. right. So go put a whoopee cushion on Marsha's chair. Fifty uh, percent <laughs> of Americans are stressed out every day on the job. Right now, the number one cause of dissatisfaction at work is what? Salary, unfair treatment, or uh, too much work? Uh, I'm going to go with A, salary. Okay. I'll go with too much work. I'm going with Bernie C. Too much work. I'm going with unfair treatment. And John, you are correct. I've been there. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We go through it here every day. No, wait. All right. True or false? The Supreme Court decided this week that Texas cannot put up razor wire to keep out illegal immigrants. Is that true or false? Wait, wait, wait. Read it one more time the way you phrased it. I believe he's tricking us. It's false. It's false. I just want to hear how he phrased it again. Say it again. I said the Supreme Court decided this week that Texas cannot put up razor wire to keep out illegal immigrants. True or false? True. Okay. I feel like the way he's wording it, he's tricking us because... Oh, come on, Beth. Would I do that to you? Always. Always. Not to sugar, Beth. Um, I think the way the, the turn of phrase cannot put up 
razor wire. Oh, man. You guys go ahead. I'm contemplating. <laughs> yeah, I already said false. <laughs> I said true. I think it's true, but I think that, I think Texas is defying that. Well, yeah, Texas is defying it, and a lot of people are jumping on board with, uh, with Greg Abbott. Okay, I'm just going to say true, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you're not tricking us, Mark. It is false. Yes! Bernie! <laughs> Woohoo! Because it's, the high court said federal officers can cut through can the cut wire it. if they need to. Yes, that's yeah. where I was going in my brain. Yeah. Got to listen to Pete Callender in the I've got to listen to my own mind, too. That's a scary place to go. <laughs> that's a lot of voices. Yes, ladies in there. and gentlemen, that's our host, Sugar Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nikki Haley in Charleston on Wednesday night said there are a lot of other states left to vote. So she's in until at least Super Tuesday. True or false? True. Hello. True. (laughs) You're saying she said that? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm saying false. I'm saying false, too. I'm going to go false. And all you falsies are correct. She did not give a specific timeline. Yeah. All right. Who has a website called Never Nikki? Never Nikki is a website. Who has it? Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, or Vivek Ramaswamy? That would be Rand Paul. You think? I do. Okay. Yeah, I do think it is Rand Paul. Uh, there's our music. I'm going with Rand Swamisay or whatever. Ramaswamy. Vivek Ramaswamy. Okay. I'll go Ramaswamy. I think Vivek talked about it, but I think I, I think Rand's the one who invented it. Yeah. It is Rand Paul. Yeah. Absolutely. Yay! I trusted my own brain. I listened to Rand's speech this week. I did not hear Nikki's the night before last, so <laughs> that's my alibi. Uh, health insurance for state employees in North Carolina will no longer cover what drug? Viagra, Wagovi, or the morning after pill? This is state employees in the state of North Carolina. Morning after pill. Okay. It is the it is Wegovi. Yep, I think it's Wegovi too. I'm gonna go Wegovi, and that is ah, correct. Wow. No longer covers any expensive weight loss drugs, so that means we'll have a lot of fat state employees. <laughs> uh, there also was a stat about uh, people who get, who lose weight that way gain it back, just like every other diet right, program. Right, the second that you go off of it. Yeah. It also causes pancreatitis and loose stools. <laughs> oh, I love, how do you know I love loose stools. <laughs> you had to go there with the loose stools, didn't you? I'm sitting on a loose stool here in the, uh, in the news booth. And on yeah. day, Is that the same thing? On day 215, she worked loose stool into the conversation. <laughs> All right. Good band uh, name, wasn't it? <laughs> Here's another Panthers question. Former coach Matt Rule, remember that guy? He was a loser. But he's talking about how getting fired from the Panthers uh, did something for him. What did he say? He said it was like having a drink thrown in your face. It was a purifying fire. Or it taught him he's got to refocus. Purifying fire sounds exactly like something. I agree Matt with Rule Bernie. It, so- I, I, it sounds like something he would say. Yeah, I'll go with that, too. I think so, too. I feel like I saw that headline. It's a purifying fire. Actually, you said it was like having a loose stool. No. Uh. <laughs> They're similar. Rim fire. You're cr- <laughs> oh, I got Fire in the hole. Yeah. Uh, he said it was like a purifying fire. <laughs> Remember that time I said things I, I I couldn't believe Beth said? Oh, yeah. The list is getting longer by the day. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. Oh. Yeah. 
So, uh, Bernie, uh, I, I trust you're keeping score. How are we doing here? Yes, yeah, so we got a uh, tie between Beth and John right now. <gasps> oh. oh. All right, well, let's do a quick tiebreaker here. Okay, here we go. All right. I'm defending my title. <laughs> the city of Charlotte is inviting people to a free dinner to learn about what? The need to increase the sales tax for transportation, the city budget, or job openings at Cats. I'll go A. The need to increase the sales tax, okay? I'm going to say job openings at Cats. Oh, man, both of you are. <laughs> it's about the city budget. <laughs> so we tied, John. You did, although I have one more question. Oh, oh okay, I'm okay, try okay. This. All right. Here we go, one more. All right, Oppenheimer. Got 13 Academy Award nominations, including producing, directing, and writing nominations for one guy. Who was he? Martin Scorsese, Bradley Cooper, or Christopher Nolan? See, I'm out, but I know this. It is C, Christopher Nolan. That's what I was going to say, too. Well, you're both right. <laughs> All right, so we just have Can to we share treat this the like cup? a wishbone. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, yeah. like, yeah. pull on the sides. And see which one gets the biggest half. The News Whiz Cup. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to chop it in half. And Beth and her loose stool. No, <laughs> I'm not taking wig off. I think she should get it just for bringing loose stool yes. up in the air. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. That's our dirty best instead of sugar bags. Congratulations to both of you. Thank and uh, you. once again, I've lost. Big Weekend presented by Watson Insurance. There's some friends that I know living in this town. Far to see them, gonna drag them down. They live in a brick house, painted white and brown. Left a tip for the maid, and I packed up my guitar. Dropped my key on the counter, rented a car, gonna hook up with them later. Who will play in the Super Bowl after this weekend? Sunday on CBS, the Chiefs take on the Ravens at 3 o'clock, and then 6.30, the Lions play the 49ers on Fox. Take the home teams. The Hornets are in town tonight against the Houston Rockets at the Spectrum Center at 7 o'clock, and then tomorrow, same time and place, against the Utah Jazz. It's the last weekend of Queens Fest, Charlotte Restaurant Week. Cat Williams headlines the Dark Matter Tour at Bojangles Saturday, 7.30 and 11 o'clock. Opera Carolina presents Madam Butterfly at Belk Times Vary and Winter Jam on Sunday at Bojangles featuring Christian artists at 5 o'clock.
Shakalaka. I got a story about that, by the way. Y'all. I got a Facebook message from a guy by the name of Tommy Keys this week. And uh, he says, I know you're a big Petty fan, and I play keyboard in in a Petty tribute band called uh, Petty Rewind. I went and watched one of their videos. They're really pretty good. And he said, last week we were rehearsing Big Weekend, and at the end of it I couldn't help myself, and I said, boom, shakalaka. (laughs) And he said, the guys in the band looked at me like, what is that? And he said, I told him, you'd have to listen to John Hancock to understand what I'm doing. That's fantastic. So uh, PettyRewind.com is uh, the name of the band, and they're appearing all over the place, and uh, and that was uh, good. Uh, And the other thing I wanted to mention, um, there's a guy named Tommy Brill. And he also is known as Mookie. Uh, he also is uh, instrumental, I think, in the music scene uh, here in uh, Charlotte. He got uh, um, hit by a lady in a car on his <gasps> motorcycle hmm. oh, and no. suffered some really serious foot damage. And uh, so a few weeks or a month and a half or whatever it has been, had to have uh, his foot and leg amputated below the knee like me. Oh. So uh, they're doing a benefit show for him at the uh, Tipsy Burrow Saloon and Cantina at uh, 5 o'clock tomorrow. So uh, if you'd like to go on out there, Lenny Federal Band's going to be out there, and Cat and Friends, and uh, Jake Berger, and Joe Nelson, and the Loose Lug Nuts, and so on. But anyway, I'd like to see a big turnout uh, for uh, Tommy Brill. He seems to be a nice guy. I've written it back and forth to him a couple of times just to say, uh, if you want to limp around some together uh, someday, uh, let me know. Uh, but anyway, that's going on this weekend, so I hope they get a big turnout for that. I just have to say that has to be such a comfort for people to have a resource like you and a person like you and a heart like yours to communicate what the experience is and to say, you know what, you're going to be okay and, and let's well, be pals and let's talk about what this really feels like. I've reached out to a few uh, and I have heard uh, from uh, uh, not many wow. and uh, I get that too. Because in some ways, uh, um, I think uh, you handle it. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, 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 I let them know I'm here. And if they want to use me, they can. And if they don't want to use me, they can too. I, I don't know. Uh, there wasn't anybody that reached out to me when I was in that position. But I wasn't looking for anybody to reach out to me either. Would you have reached back out if someone had? I don't know. I, I may have written bed said, hey, I appreciate the offer, but uh, we're, not, we're not getting into the pity palace over this, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm fine. But I think that's what's so great about you, because you would make sure that you'd pull somebody out of that pity palace, which that's the coolest thing about your personality. I have gone to a hospital to see somebody uh, that was requested by his family. And it was very interesting uh, because I walked in the room and talked to him and said, I'm, and he was a listener of mine for a long time. So I called and, and told him I was John Hank and blah, blah, blah. And, and we talked for a long, long time. He did not know about my leg. Wow. So we talked for a long, long time. And at some point he said something. I don't remember how he phrased it, but uh, in essence, it comes down to, you know, you don't really understand exactly what I'm going through. 
And I said, oh, you're right. I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I do know what you're going through. And I took my leg off and held it up in the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, I, I said, I'm just telling you right now that a year from now, your life will be pretty much, pretty much back to normal. Well, and I, I know uh, that it's not the same thing as seeing you and talking to you in person and talking in depth, but I have no doubt that there are people over the last several years that have listened to you on the air here. Mm-hmm. Um, and a large part of that on, on this show, because that's where you spent most of your time since you retired uh, from every day. But I know there are people who've listened to the station and have gotten inspiration out of hearing you talk frankly about what you're going through and being transparent and being willing to share certain things. So whether or not you've met them face-to-face, I guarantee you've helped some people out there. Oh, I think we've had some impact on people. That's always kind of hard to accept. Yeah. You know, me, me, me. Um, Like that's ever been a problem for me. (laughs) Well, you know, we say on Fridays, we say you, you, you. Yeah. We love it on Fridays. We'll continue one more segment on Friday. I want to mention something that I've been sitting on all week, and I think this is the coolest thing, and it's actually got a... Uh, a second chapter to it that I learned about uh, in the last uh, 24 hours. We're talking about music. Uh, I'm excited about something that's happened in the music world. And this is, you know, this is a pretty famous guy. Uh, and, and no doubt you've probably heard this story, but I don't know if you've heard the latest update on it, which is even cooler. So stick around for that. That's the opening riff to a song that's going to be released in uh, a few days. First pop single in 30 years from Billy Joel. 30 years. That is hard to believe given how many Billy Joel songs you happen to know by heart. That you don't even realize you know the lyrics until you hear something on the radio. And to think the last time he released... A single. You and I, Bo, were in high school. Mm-hmm. We would have been in high school, maybe at the first year of college. And a lot of Billy Joel fans never thought he'd do that again, because Billy, in, a, in his later years, still does concerts and plays all the hits. I went to his concert in Charlotte last year, or was it two years ago, whenever it was, at Bank of America Stadium. And he plays, but he always sort of jokes, there's nothing new you're going to hear tonight, because he plays the old catalog, and he got more interested in, in uh, classical music uh, uh, arrangements later in his career but then, out of the, out of the blue, seemingly this this week he he announced, uh, and what I just played you, he has the opening riffs of that song, which is called "Turn the Lights Back On." And I said uh, I mentioned this in saying that he's releasing it on February first. But then the other piece of news in the last twenty four hours is he's going to perform at the Grammys. So all of a sudden, Billy Joel, who hasn't released anything. And he, he calls this a pop song. You know, I don't know how it, it's not going to be played on the stations. It would have been played on in the 80s and the 90s. But, you know, this is going to be some semblance of Billy Joel doing, you know, uh, music that you might hear him, you know, uh, put up for the radio back in his heyday. So he has a new song coming out, which I never thought we'd see another one. I'll tell you what, it makes the the Grammys relevant for yeah, people exactly. our age. Because <laughs> if you ever watched the commercials now for the music awards... I know oftentimes maybe three of the artists who are featured, and I never thought I would be that person. When I was a kid, you know, my mom had no idea who the people were that I was listening to. I was like, I'm never going to be that uncool, and I'm 100% that uncool. That's me. Of course, you know, I tried to hold on to cool as long as I could, and at some point it just passes you by. Mm -hmm. I beg to differ. Uh, I said I needed our 9 o'clock hour to be cool on Fridays, and I knew who to call. I think, uh, the, uh, what is it, Billie Eilish? 
Yeah. She's about the last one that I kind of tuned into and, and, and thought she was interesting and unique. That you get. And now right. I and now they say, you know, headlined by, for instance, other than Stevie Nicks, the music festival that's coming to Charlotte. You could put me in a room with those people, and I wouldn't know who the hell. Megan the Stallion. <laughs> hey, I do know that one. Hey, Pard- pardon me, Ms. Stallion. May I? <laughs> may I have an autograph for my granddaughter? Uh, as we're going out the door, I uh, you sent us this in your notes, and I talked about it with Beth a little bit earlier this week. Uh, you know, I know this guy because when I was a kid in high school, we used to play his uh, his his. The Osgood file, uh, you know, during the day on the radio. And then he went on to become uh, the successor, if anybody could ever follow Charles Geralt. I think we found out that that Charles Osgood was about as close as you could get and did it ably. But Charles Osgood passed away this week. I I think uh, I I immediately thought of of Geralt because I think Geralt's the goat. But uh, Osgood uh, didn't have to... um, apologize to Charles Corralt at all because I think they were out of the same mold. In fact, I think they were out of the same mold in a lot of way from a broadcasting standpoint as Paul Harvey. Mm. Uh, and I think about uh, the kids I used to talk to up in, uh, at, at App uh, and, and think that th- these are three people that they will not hear on the radio or have access to unless somebody plays a tape of them or something like that. But... Uh, the last of the great storytellers, uh, to me, um, Charles Osgood. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of. I don't know. We're losing some Norman Lear as a guy. You know. I mean, how do you, how do you uh, get bigger than the catalog of Norman Lear, and Osgood and Keralt and Paul Harvey? Uh, you don't replace that, uh, nor do you place that s- spectrum of time that they. Uh, we're part of radio and, and television. I don't know that there that the the skill of storytelling in those ways is necessarily even being taught or or revered as much as it as it was. And I, I loved Charles Osgood. I became a huge fan of his because of his um, his tenure at CBS Sunday Morning. I loved to hear him talk and introduce a story and how they'd come back from commercial. He'd be playing the piano and singing a song. And there was something about I, I kinda, he, he reminds me his storytelling reminds me in some ways of Mark Garrison. He has that. Um, Garrison's got the same quality. Yes. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I still love CBS uh, this morning. It's my favorite TV show. But I don't like Jane Polly uh, as, as a host. I just uh, she just doesn't do it for me. Um, it, not to the point that I don't watch it because of. But uh, but I just think what a loss uh, yeah. uh, that 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 time. You know, Hello Henry is kind of the the same. There will never be another. Mm, yeah. Just like there'll never be another John Hancock. That's true. We appreciate having you on Fridays. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. News Talk 1110 WBT. We'll end it this way. We're now out of here. Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network.